Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got to be honest, I'm so annoyed currently. I spent like the whole of yesterday researching stuff and typing out some ideas that I wanted to share with you. And we had like our electricity fail like five times in a row and I just cannot find all the work that I've done. So I'm going to literally sit here and I'm going to wing it. And I'm going to hope that I remember everything that I wanted to share with you. Uh, if you are a regular listener, I hope that you have found this podcast to be valuable in your faith, in your intellectual development, um, in your understanding of your worldview. Um, please remember that you can send me any topic um, that you feel is important to discuss and I will definitely do a show on it. Um, I think um, I will bring the episodes on Islam uh, surely to an end today. Uh, in the future, I'll probably still say some things about it, but I think um, I've, I've dealt with some of the major issues so far. And for today, I want to ask the following question. <clears throat> if Islam is so shady, as I claim, why are there so many Muslims and why is Islam growing faster than Christianity? <clears throat> so if Islam is so shady, how come there, there are so many people who follow this faith? Um, how come it is growing faster than Christianity? <clears throat> Let me just quickly um, summarize why I'm saying it's a shady religion. For in case you haven't listened to any of the other podcasts. First of all, it was founded by a man who had a shady character. And this is not things that I suck out of my own thumb. The founder of the faith was a man who married 13 women, where the other Muslims were only allowed to marry four. Uh, he married a girl at the age of nine. Uh, we see that he also took another man's wife, and Allah approved of that. His God approved of that. Um, he was a man who personally beheaded people. When people opposed him, he killed them <clears throat> or he ordered them to be killed. So you find here a man that seems to be shady, whom himself, when he encountered an apparent angel in a cave, um, after that first encounter with the angel Gabriel, he actually thought that he was possibly demon possessed. He wasn't sure whether he was not uh, demon possessed. A, a monk came, a Christian monk was asked to come and uh, talked to him about this encounter that he had. And this guy said, well, I think he's demon possessed. And throughout his life, when he received these visions, um, he did act like somebody who is demon possessed. If we look at what the Bible says regarding the people who confronted Jesus who were demon possessed, they would foam at the mouth. They would be thrown down on the floor. Um, and that's exactly what happened to Muhammad. At one stage, his wife, Aisha, said that she thinks that he's been um, influenced by magic because for one whole year... He hallucinated that, that he had sex with his wives when he didn't. So you find here a character that is very hard to trust um, what he says. He had these encounters with these, with these angelic beings and they pushed him to the floor that he couldn't breathe. They, um, and that's not the same as what we read about people encountering angels in the biblical account because every single time, that an angel approaches somebody on earth, the first words that the angel says is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And that's not the instance what happened with Muhammad. Muhammad actually ran away and he wanted to hide himself because he was so scared of this, of this being. 
Um, and there are many other things about the faith. But the, the key thing for me is just the foundation of the faith. Everything that Muhammad said, the, Muhammad's character, uh, the, his encounter with these uh, with his angels, that for me is very tricky. Nobody was there to confirm this. I mean, we could criticize uh, Paul. We could say, well, Paul also had an encounter with an angel, etc., etc. But the interesting thing about Paul is, is that there were other people with him when he had this encounter with Jesus. Okay? And so, uh, Muhammad has got these encounters, and but nobody can verify that this is from God. And then we tie that to the Bible where Paul writes and he says to the Galatians, he says to them, listen, man, if even an angel comes with a different story, may that angel be destroyed forever. So even if it was a real angel, it wasn't an angel from God. Well, even if it was an angel from God, that angel needs to be destroyed forever. Whoever the angelic being was that carried on this message to Muhammad. Uh, there are other things that are also very difficult uh, related to Islam, which is quite shady for me. It's just the nature of the Islamic God who, who says to people, okay, you can kill in the name of Allah, who says to these warriors who took captive some people and some women, that yes, you can marry these women, you can have sex with them, you can basically rape them. That for me is is quite unacceptable so there's there's some really character issues with the god of islam who seems to be contradictory because in the first half of the islamic story uh there's freedom of religion in the second half of the islamic story there's no freedom of religion islam has got the right to kill so there's a huge contradiction in islam within the quran itself and that's we see the problems the consequences of this in our world today that's why some muslims believe it is okay to kill in the name of allah and other muslims believe no it isn't but both of them are following the same prophet both of them are following the same text so just a quick summary as to why islam is shady <clears throat> and then the question is well people follow this faith people follow these ideas why is it that this faith that is so shady is growing faster than Christianity. And in order to answer that question, I need to just quickly explain conversion. Uh, and, and I need to explain how Islam is growing and, and compare that to Christianity. Um, so Islam seems to be growing faster than Christianity, but that does not mean that more people are being converted to Islam. Okay, let me explain this. For example, in Christianity, Christianity converts far more people than Islam. There are millions of people every year who come to Christ. And there are not millions of people who come to Islam every year. So Christianity is converting loads and loads of people. But here's the problem in Christianity. Many Christians are moving into atheism. So we are winning lots of people to Christianity, but we are losing lots of people to agnosticism and to um, atheism. So the, the growth rate is not as fast as it should be. So Christianity is struggling to retain people. And the reason why we're not retaining people is because we're not threatening with death if they leave. And that's the difference with Islam. Islam threatens people with death if they do leave. So Islam retains people but doesn't really convert new people. That's why it seems like Islam is growing faster than Christianity, simply because Christianity is losing a lot of people. And Christianity is losing a lot of people because it requires heart change um, that many um, Christians are not willing uh, to take. So we need to understand this difference. Uh, there are not more 
Christians converting to Islam than there are Muslims converting to Christianity. In actual fact, uh, it's just astounding how many people are converting from uh, Islam towards Christianity and not the other way around. So it's not like people are standing from a distance and they say, okay, we need to choose a religion and we're going to choose Islam over Christianity. That is highly, highly unlikely. That is not the case. There are other reasons why anybody would become Muslim or why the, 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 the Muslim faith is growing at the moment. So I, I had five reasons yesterday and I can only remember four of them that I would like to provide as to why Islam is growing, uh, why Islam seems to be taking over Christianity. And so here is number one, because Islam is a culture, it is not just a religion. It is a culture. It is not just a religion. It is a language. In order to be a proper Muslim, you've got to understand the Arabic language within they don't like translations of the Quran. You've got to understand it in the original language. That's the language that is God, right? And if you look at, at if you look at the Islamic faith, it's all about the food that you eat example um it's the food that have been prayed over right the halal food um it's also the way that you dress the hijab the the women wear the men wear certain types of clothes they got this little thingy on their head right uh it's not only that it's um it's the culture related to the prayers and and the architecture of their homes etc etc so there there are many other factors to the um, islamic religion that is really cultural and the reason why i mention this is it's very hard to leave your culture so you might you might not at all even be interested in the religion you might not even be a, a deep person islamic faith but culture you've grown up to eat this way you've grown up to wear this type of clothes right you've grown etc it's more a culture than it is necessarily a faith that's why it's very hard for people to leave it i mean you go to south africa you go to a boor and you say to him okay if if you you need to leave your culture what's he going to say to you he's going to fight till death for his culture right most people across the globe would fight till death for their culture. That's why many Muslims are so passionate, because it's not just their religion. It is also their culture. So that's one of the points why, why people in Islam don't leave Islam, is because it's, in, it's situated in their culture. Secondly, the key reason why Islam is growing, here's the fundamental reason why Islam is growing, is because of their birth rate. 3.1 kids are born globally to every Muslim. That is far higher than Christians, for example. And so these, these Muslims are having loads and loads of kids. And, and you know what's interesting is that in the year 2010, more than 30% of the whole Muslim population was younger than 15 years. That means that most Muslims were born in the 90s and the early 2000s. 
it's interesting it's as if as if this was planned because 2001 was 9-11 right it's like it's like as if the muslim community decided all right now we need to step into action we need to have babies we need to take over the world that's how islam is trying to take over the world through the birth rate you might say well you know what um it's not really the fact that many Muslim kids are born does not mean that their kids are going, those kids when they grow up are going to be um, definitely Muslims. And and just a side note, I'm going to get back to that. Is that this guy who killed Samuel Pate in, in France, uh, he was actually 18 years old. So he was born in 2002. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a baby. He's a kid, man. He's a kid that did that. He was born in 2002. So it's not like there's, there's these factions in Islam where the older people are radical and the younger people are not. No, not at all. The older people and the younger people are radical. And in fact, it's even the younger people that are more radical. And that's why I decided to do these podcasts because these are the people that's going to be running the world, running around in the world when our kids get older. And our kids need to be equipped to understand this faith and know how to to handle this faith anyways to get back to the point so just because there are many babies islamic babies doesn't mean that they are going to be muslims well that is getting back to the point i said earlier well it, it they are born into families into which it is their culture to be islamic and it makes it very hard for them to leave and that brings us up to the second point regarding to that and this is it you uh, if you can't just leave okay you can't just leave your faith and that brings me to, to point number three. So in a Muslim world, in a, in a Muslim environment, you can't just become a Christian. The, the risk is way too big. You could lose your family, you lose your culture. And in, in certain places, you could even receive the death penalty for apostasy, depending on the extent that you verbalize that. And that brings me to point number three, why Islam is growing and not shrinking. Because people who leave are persecuted and shunned. In Saudi Arabia, if you come in there with a Bible or you distribute the Bible, you, the, the punishment is death. The punishment is death. There is no freedom of religion in these countries. And there is no freedom of speech. And that brings up one of the important, important issues um, that I think is important to, to discuss. Uh, many Muslims are not aware of Muhammad's past. They're not aware of Muhammad's character. They're not aware of the, the, the shadiness of these cave experiences and these angelic experiences. They don't even know that. Most Muslims don't even know that. Why not? Because in a Muslim country or in Muslim families, you can't even ask a question about the credibility of the prophet. You can't even ask a question about the credibility of the angelic encounter. You can't even ask those questions and so Islam is a very closed religion. You are not allowed to ask questions. You are not allowed to critically evaluate it. You are not allowed to critically say anything bad or ask even anything bad about Muhammad or about the Islamic faith. That's why these people don't know. So many people are in this faith and they are blind. That's why I'm doing these podcasts about it. So that people can understand and know, oh my goodness, these are the things that are going on in my faith. So what Islam is doing, Islam is trying to control what is being said about their faith. Islam is trying to control the view that people have of the Prophet. And so they are hiding. They're not, it's not a religion of the light, ladies and gentlemen. It's a religion of darkness. Uh, people hide in this faith. The truth is hidden from the ordinary people in their faith. All right. 
And so many people who grow up in this, who start revealing these things that are taking place, that start revealing the and, and discrediting the prophet, they stand the chance of being killed, of being persecuted. And you might say, well, that is extinct. That is, that is too bad. No, it, it is like it is. I'm going to give you an example. I mean, Samuel Pate was killed because he stood for freedom of speech. In other words, he said, well, I can, I, I can point out the truths in any, in any faith, right? I can, I can um, mock other uh, religious leaders uh, or religious founders, because that's what freedom of speech is about. And so what happened was, I saw last night in Canada, uh, all the Muslims got together outside of the French embassy. And they they basically said, look, uh, you guys need to do something about this. You've got no right to insult our prophet. And this guy went around on the street and he asked people, he asked them one by one. He said, okay, if I mock your prophet, do I deserve the death penalty? Because that's what happened to Samuel Pate. And you know what those Muslims, those are peaceful Muslims on the streets in Canada. You know what they did? Most of them didn't want to give an answer. The one guy answered and he says, well, how would you feel? Don't you think that I deserve to shut your mouth if you insult my mother? You know, they say things like that. So they don't want to say it's wrong uh, to kill somebody for mocking the prophet. Okay. They, 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 well, they don't want to say that a person deserves the death penalty, but they also don't want to say uh, the other side, that he doesn't deserve the death penalty. So there's great confusion about this. This is the plain truth. You are not allowed to speak up or out or point out anything negative about the Prophet Muhammad or about the Islamic faith. And that is why many people don't want to leave Islam. In Saudi Arabia, they said that 100% of the people, everybody in Saudi Arabia are Muslims. The truth is that it is not the case. The truth is it's not the case. There are many silent Christians in Saudi Arabia. There are many people who do not even believe in the Islamic faith. They might follow the culture, but they don't actually believe in it. And they don't want to come out. They don't want to come out. So that the statistics seems to indicate that Islam is so big and growing so fast. But in reality, it's not. People are too scared to come out because they might be killed or they might be shunned by their families. And we see it in our world today. We see the beheadings. We see the killings. It happens everywhere. So that's the third reason I would give why Islam seems to be growing. Fourthly, if anybody decides to convert to Islam, it will be generally for one of two reasons. Either they are marrying into a Muslim relationship and they don't have a strong faith at all and they don't know the facts about Islam. Or they, they have evaluated it and they say that Islam is simple and it's an easy religion to follow. It's simple and it's easy. Here's why it's simple and easy. Do you know what we as people, what we prefer? We, when it comes to religion, we'd like to know what we must do. Like, um, what must I eat? Okay, then you eat that. Uh, what clothes must I wear? Okay, and then I do that. Okay, and how many times a day do I have to pray? I'm going to pray five, five times a day. That's why Islam is simple, because you, you say the prayers. Once in your life, you do the Hajj, you give up your money, you, um, you, yeah, you eat certain food, and you wear certain clothes, etc. And so that's easy. It's simple religion. It's just tell me the do's and the don'ts. And when I do do the do's and not, don't do the don'ts, then that is fine. That's the Islamic religion. And that's why some people would choose that over Christianity, because Christianity is hard ladies and gentlemen christianity requires of you to change your heart it's not about what you do on the outside it's not about five prayers and wearing certain clothes and eating certain food no it's about changing your heart and loving people from your heart it's difficult it's so much easier just to wear certain clothes than it is to change 
your heart and to trust God for your salvation. And so that is often maybe a reason why some people would opt for Islam over Christianity. But in actual fact, it might seem easier to be a Muslim, but it's a lot harder to please God. You see, because as I've said before, the Christian God says, I'm so holy, you can never be good enough to be in my presence. Therefore, my son had to die so that he can pay for your sin. The Islamic God says, I'll check when you get to heaven whether you're good enough. Okay, so there are sinful people. There are people with sin that can get into the presence of Allah. Anyways, that was just a, that was just a side note. So, in actual fact, we don't have to fear the growth of Islam. We don't have to be scared um, of what they offer and that Islam somehow has got something more valuable than Christianity even though it's it's growing no Christianity is real Christianity is legit Christianity is about heart change Christianity is about life change Christianity is about trusting God for salvation and not your own goodness um, I hope that these ideas and thoughts have been valuable to you and will help you to grapple and to discuss in love with Muslims, when you ever come across a Muslim, to discuss in love with them these facts about their faith. May God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Cheers.